0: Welcome to the Master
1: Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate so you never, ever have to work a job again. Today, I'm super pumped to bring on a fantastic expert in real estate investing, and as well as... When you run out of money, because sometimes you will run out of money as an investor, you need to get more money to buy more properties, because that's how you make even more money. Super pumped to bring on a good friend of mine who is actually speaking at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. The second time, the second time we're having the conference, he's speaking again. I have Felipe Mejia on the show. Felipe, good seeing you, man.
0: There's no crowd here. What's up, Dustin? <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, brother? Hey, well, how was your trip? You. There we go. I'll take a clap. How was your <laughs> trip, bro? Last time we talked, you were out in the middle of nowhere hunting beasts and loving on your family and all that dude how was that
1: oh man it was fantastic we had a, such a such a fantastic time as a family uh, all the memories that we got to have and share and create and then we were blessed to actually take an elk it was 317 yard shot from my son which for an adult that's usually pretty hard yeah it, he did an amazing job um took down the elk great meat like grass-fed organic as, as organic you ever get um elk meat is just fantastic but being out in the in the wilderness for you know an entire week with the family, going and looking for animals, it's such amazing fun. They have a blast. So yeah, it was great. Thanks for asking.
0: How are you? That sounds amazing. Now the real question, like a real G, did you make him carry that all the way home? Like you're not eating, you're not doing anything, you gotta carry that all <laughs> the way back.
1: No, this is a I took out the heart. And I said, You gotta bite into the sun. This is <laughs> I'm
0: just kidding. Okay, this is the reason I asked that. And for your <laughs> listeners, just so you guys know, we're gonna talk about lines of credits. We're gonna talk about how not to run out of money, how to niche the market, how to pick what you're gonna do. Cause I ran out of money two years into my investing. So that's what we're gonna talk about. But Dustin, what's really interesting about that is one of the things that I have found is here in America, and I think this would fix a lot of the problems. This is just my opinion. Um, is we don't have this like balance where when boys become men hmm, right so yeah. like in all these other countries i heard joe rogan talk about it recently it's like in mexico like women have quinceaneras right it's mm-hmm. like going from a girl to woman um then you have in other countries like in africa it's like men battle each other and that's like your boys to becoming a man right like and i feel like in the united states yeah, right we don't passage. have something don't like have that. that yeah we don't so like yeah. how do boys know when it's time to change roles? right? Because the school system doesn't do it. It's like one one month uh, in senior year, you're raising your hand to use the restroom. And three months later, you're asked to pick the career for the rest of your life. And it's like, that's a, a good ago, point. I had to ask to use the bathroom,
1: you know? So as I, with my kids, I have two boys, two girls. What I'm doing with my kids is, you know, thinking of like a rite of passage where like you actually make through and you are, you become a man. What I'm literally doing every single step of the way is literally teaching them Every single thing that I do now, what's great is even if I go change the oil on my car, which I don't need to anymore, I used to, I know how to do it, but I make myself do it because I bring my boys with me and they watch and I teach them how to do it. Or I literally changed like the entire wiring harness for my uh, battery in the car, I did that, or mowing the lawn or hunting, like everything, like literally every single thing that I do. And just now, like editing podcasts, my daughter's now editing podcasts, but I'm Constantly teaching them, but then oh, uh, Felipe, you'll definitely appreciate this. So my kids are doing flag football. So I grew up playing football. I even played football in college at Fresno State. I was a running back playing college. So I love football. That's that's what I did. And so my son, he's 11 years old, playing flag football. And the morning of this flag football game, which was uh, two days ago, he woke up. He's congested. He, oh, I don't feel good, Dad. And I said, okay, you know. He said, well, do I have to play? I say, no, you don't have to play, but bring your gear because you might feel a little bit better. All that. He brought his gear, get to the game. It was like at noon, and he wasn't feeling that great. I said, Go ahead and get dressed because at least you're gonna sit on the sidelines. And then he goes and he starts, we start practicing that. I say, okay, son, go get on the line, start warming up. He starts warming, he still doesn't feel the best, but he does it. Fast forward, he has a phenomenal game. He plays, he has a phenomenal game. He's playing defense, he gets an interception, and he almost runs it back for a touchdown. All that now I said, hey son, this is what you learned. You learn that pain is just temporary. In fact, you're going to be able to push through a lot more than you think you can. Aren't you glad that you did? He goes, yeah, I got an interception. Now, now that night he started feeling, he's just sinuses, you know, really bad sinus infection, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. But he literally pushed through that. But like the rite of passage is like literally every single day. How am I going to teach them to grow to be a man?
0: What are your thoughts? I love that. Um, I, think, I think that's huge because that teaches them that half the battle, if not more, is just showing up. Right. I have so many people, you know, so many parents would be like, oh, well, okay, stay home. But you're like guarding them from that. Now, now, like you said, the danger is real, right? Like we're going to show up. And if you don't feel like playing, that's fine. But you are going to show up and you're going to sit on the sideline and you're going to at least support your team because that's very important, too. Right. But, you know, if you're not going to play fine, but you will show up because we made a commitment to this team that I'm going to show up. You know, and that's part of marriage. That's part of I don't feel like showing up every day for my marriage. (laughs) I don't but you know, we can go into this whole thing of mental, but it's true. I love that you did that. I do that with my son. I tell him, Hey, if we're gonna start a sport, we're gonna finish that sport. Dad, I don't feel like playing today. Like, that's fine, we're gonna go, but we're gonna if we start, you didn't make a commitment to yourself, son. You made a commitment to your team and you are part of that team. So not only is it you, but it's your team. So he doesn't feel like it every day. And I tell him, Look, we don't have to sign up again next year, but if you signed up, you are going to fulfill that commitment. Um, And I think that's like, you know, a a big thing.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I also add like, we're not quitters. We don't quit. Even if it gets hard, we don't quit. But I love your perspective too, is you're helping other people and you're saying we committed to other people and they're going to be let down. And so that's why I also think of like wrapping it back over to real estate investing and helping other people in real estate investing. My business gets so much better. All my businesses, when I'm helping other people, when I focus not on myself, What's best for me? Do I feel like it? And all that sort of stuff. How can I help and bless other people? And same thing with like the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, which you're going to be coming and speaking at. We already have 35 speakers, which are all genuine people, which is great. I'm so blessed to have that. We are all erring on the side of, now we're showing up to help other people. Let's focus on other people because when we do that, we are serving other people. And we also get a benefit, not just from like financially, which is great, but the feeling of being able to serve other people, to be there for other people. It's amazing amazing feeling
0: a hundred percent. And it's interesting because, um, a lot of skeptical people, because I was in that boat as well. When I first started in real estate, I didn't believe in coaching. I didn't believe in conferences or any of that. And obviously that's been proven wrong time and time again, like you do need those things. Um, but more than that, they're like, as investors who have successfully reached financial independence, or, you know, we can keep going up that line, millionaire, multimillionaire, et cetera. Um, if you ask a lot of these people, like what got you over certain hurdles? They will say certain mindset things and they'll say different things, but I've it's, I've it's never failed that I hear them say, when I was at a certain point where I couldn't get through, it's when I turned around and helped other people that got me through a breakthrough. So like, why am I speaking at your conference? Why am I doing that? It's selfish. At the end of the day, let's just be honest, right? I get to help other people and it's selfish because I know that it's going to get me through a breakthrough into myself. Can I put that on an Excel sheet? Can I do that numerically? No, it's just like tithing at my church. It's just like, Uh, Any of these other things that there's not a science or monetary, there's not an Excel sheet that you can put behind the ROI on this, but there's something about giving back that allows you to break through certain things. Do I know how that works? Absolutely not. But I know every successful person that I look up to, the Brandon Turners, the Grant Cardones, those people of the world, they always talk about giving back has gotten them through certain like mental blocks or certain um, whatevers. For those that are listening and are wondering, like, well, why would somebody do this, right? Uh, well, it's because giving back in some sort of fashion always comes back to me in way more multipliers.
1: 100%, and even you're like that last thing you just said is so true, it multiplies out even much more so than you could even imagine. If you help one person, that one person, yeah, you help that one person, but you never know what ripple effects can absolutely come with that. So, man, right. so Felipe, we could definitely keep going down this route, but what I wanna talk about is as investors, and it happens to every single one of my students. I know your students. Like we run out of money. Like we're okay. We saved a ton of money. Let's start investing. We're all excited. We start buying our first property. We get to one, two, maybe three, and they're like, "Oh shoot, we gotta figure out how to now pay for this next property." Now, what's great, at least when we do a master passive income, we buy for passive income. We want cash flow coming in, but it takes time for that snowball to keep moving. Once you have thirty properties, then that snowball is really huge, and there's a lot of passive income coming in. But there's a there's a tipping point to where you run out of money. And then you either need to wait until you save up more money or you can get creative, which is what we love to do is as investors, we get creative. So tell me about how you get past that. uh, Well, number one, you came into that same scenario. And then you also thought, well, how can I get past that? So walk us through that process.
0: Yeah, so it. It started back when I started investing. Uh, I was really gun ho to like save as much as I can, buy a rental property, raise, you know. And, and, and two years in, Dustin, I ran out of money, right? And and that happens to ninety percent of investors that I talk to. Like at some point, you run out of money, and saving your way to real estate, it's just it's just not going to work. Uh, you could there's only so many hours in the day. So I was like, okay, well, I wanted to be against leveraging, right? Dave Ramsey lives like forty five minutes up the road, right? He lives, he's here in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, and I'm like, I had kind of that in my mind and, and I was like, I don't want to leverage. I don't want to over leverage. Like what happens in a downturn, you know, whatever. Um, and I asked a couple people that I've seen be successful. Um, what is the way that you do it? Right. And, um, a lot of the, this is going to sound terrible. A lot of the middle-class investors that do single families, for example, I would ask and they would say, oh, I refinance. And then I would ask like the higher level investors who are also in single family, what do you do? And they say they use lines of credit. And I was like, okay, so those are two different strategies, but I need to figure out which one I want to do. So I went the line of credit route because I realized that if I'm refinancing a single family home, now a refinance on a multifamily, on an apartment building, that's smart because it's forced appreciation based on, uh, how you up the asset and raise rents, but on a single family home, there's only so much rent you're going to get because your neighbor sold for a certain amount. So your comps are not it. Yes. You can force appreciation into a single family, but it's nowhere near the way you do a multi. So uh, I think refinancing a single family home is not the best way to do it. I think putting a line of credit on the equity of a single family is the best way to do it. Um, now that doesn't, it's not the same on multifamily and all that. That's a different beast um so yeah i i was like okay well i looked at my portfolio i was like okay i have you know uh four or five units at that time in single families but no money but i realized i had a lot of equity in my property so i was like okay so there's something here so i remember going to the bank and i would i asked him i'll never forget her name miss regina and i was like hey i bought one property cash uh, because i couldn't get loans back then so i saved up like 180 thousand just grinding for years before and started investing and um she said well i can cash out refinance about a buck 20 and i was like no like that's all my money in the deal and all i'm getting is 120,000 back and it killed my cash flow so it killed my cash flow because i was going to put a loan on the property meaning 80% of my cash flow or my my income from the property was going towards the loan and i was like okay so that means i have to use 120 to make back the cash flow that i'm putting away to pay this loan plus more and it just didn't make sense so i asked my mentor again i said What, why wouldn't I do this? And he goes, well, at that point, you're just a glorified property manager for the bank. They have all your equity, you're managing the property. Like, oh, okay. He's like, but try the line of credit route. So I went back to Miss Regina and the bank was like, no, we don't want to do those. So like banks are not in the business of using lines of credit for you because they don't make any money on the upfront. All their money is going to be made when you use that prop, that, that equity. But your cash flow stays high because the line of credit, you're not using it. Uh, every month, right? You use it to buy a deal and then you pay it back and then your cash flow is high again. So your cash flow goes up and down.
1: And I want to pause for a quick second and share that. Honestly, I really want you to invest in real estate. My new goal in my life, my first goal was to quit my job in 10 years. And I did that accomplished at 37. Now my new goal is to help 1 million people invest in real estate. So two things I would ask from you. Number one, if you get anything out of this episode, please share it with somebody else. Just say, hey, you know, check out Dustin and Master Passive Income. He really wants to help a million people to invest in real estate. That's number one. Number two, I want to get you to invest in real estate. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word RENTAL, R-E-N-R-E-N. T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. I'll literally give you my course, show you how to find the area of the country to invest, how to build the business first. You know, I always talk about that and how to find the right properties, how to make sure you're getting experts to do the work for you and scale the business to where you're making $250 or more in passive income. Scale it to quit your job I'll literally get to you or go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. Obviously, it'll be in the description, but I really, really want you to invest in real estate because the more that actual normal everyday people own real estate that are good landlords, the better everybody's life gets.
0: It's not certain, but the months that you're not using the line of credit, right? Your cash flow is high. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go that route. So eventually I was able to convince the bank to give me a line of credit of 120,000. Same thing as the refi, but I could, uh, I only, it only affected my cash flow when I had it used. I was like, okay, so if I'm not using it, then I'm not paying interest on it. This is great. So my numbers looked better on paper. And then, Dustin, what I did was I took the first draw of like 30 grand, bought another rental property, 20% down. I used the cash flow from both properties to go towards the line of credit as well as my worked income. And I paid it down, let's say 15 grand, right? Six months, 15 grand, something like that. And then I used another 30,000 to buy a third rental. So that first year I was able to get like three or four rental properties because I would use the line of credit. And then I would use all the cash flow to pay back the line of credit as well as my W2 job plus Ubering and lifting. Like I was grinding, right? I was doing everything I could 12, 14 hour days. And then I just kept doing that over and over again. Now my lines of credits are closer to about half a million, closer, maybe 600,000. I'm able to buy properties cash. I have high cash flow to pay it off as fast as possible. Uh, If I want to use more of my line of credit, what I do is I go back to some of my older rentals. I refinance out just enough debt to pay off the line of credit. And then I just rinse, wash, repeat. So that's kind of how I got out of, I know there's a lot there and we can dissect all that, but that's kind of how, instead of refinancing single family houses, I just put a line of credit on the equity. Something I can control. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so when I first was starting, I would just do a refinance, cash out, refinance, cash out, refinance. I would just do it over and over again. And it did help that interest rates were getting lower and lower and lower. That did help, you know. But when you're doing that, you're starting the debt clock all over again. You know, if it's a 30-year, it's starting all over again. The most interest you pay is at the very beginning, the first day. That's the most interest you pay. So many different things that add up to a line of credit so much. Better now, if you can use that line of credit, like you're saying, to buy a property and then you buy that property with cash, refinance that house, put it into a 30 year fixed, then you're literally don't have any of your own personal money. You didn't have to work a job for 50 years to get save up money to buy the property. No, 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 you have you're having your money work for you, so that's brilliant. Now, with and I love that you already have, let's say, 500, 600, maybe more thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars of. Access to capital—that's the biggest thing. Now, I believe this is going to be the best time ever to invest in real estate. The next, let's say, two or three years, it's going to be terrific. I think. With that, you don't necessarily need to have your own personal cash. cash. As long as you have access to capital where you can buy properties, which is what we're talking about today, is having the access to that capital to then buy the properties because then the cash flow, your income goes up, everything looks better on the bank. You could refinance it. So once we let's let's say, what? How do we start that process? Because most people will think, okay, I have a single family home and I have one rental property, or let's say I have two rental properties. Can we get home equity line of credits on all three? Or is that something that only um, you know primary residences get?
0: Yeah, great question. So it's kind of like, I always put it this way. It's kind of like asking, can I get a Big Mac at Burger King? Well, no, but you can get a burger. So a home equity line of credit goes on your primary resident a line of credit goes on your rental properties or anything of value that can be leveraged. So typically it's your rental properties and uh, it works kind of the same as a refi. You're gonna pay closing costs. You're gonna do all these things. So I typically tell people my rule of thumb is I need at least 50,000 in available line of credit for me to pay that $1,500 in closing costs or whatever the case may be. Um, and then I don't use that month that line of credit until I have a deal that I can take down. And I'm usually um, the best, person to buy it because the seller is like, oh, this person is cash. I'm using the line of credit from the bank, obviously, but I am a cash buyer. Um, So anybody can get a line of credit if you have some sort of asset to leverage. Uh, I won't even blow your mind with unsecure line of credit on fresh LLCs because that's a whole nother ballgame. We can dig into it if you want, but that's a pretty cool product. But you can, but if you have a rental or two and you have equity, I would challenge you not to refinance it because if you bought in the last eight, 10 years, you probably have a great interest rate, but I would put a line of credit on the excess, which is the equity. Um, And then if you want, Dustin, we can talk about two or three different ways that I make money off my line of credit when I'm not using it to buy rentals, how I leverage that for more income um, so that even my equity is bringing me a return on it. I call it return on equity.
1: I love that. So we'll we'll talk about that in just a second. Now, if we're going to get this line of credit on a, let's say it's it's basically a line of credit on an investment property, because I definitely want to talk about about how do you make money on it when you're not even using it uh, or meaning like on on a property. But what do we go to a regular bank? Do we go to Bank Bank of America, Big Chase, uh, you know, big banks like that? Where do we go to get these line of credits? Is it a simple product that they just sell or that, that they have that we just sign up for?
0: Yeah, great question. So uh, typically, I like to stay away from the larger banks like Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo. Uh, I'm more interested in your local bank. So let me tell you how this works. Banks' biggest liability is deposits, because if they don't leverage that money, then they're literally, they have this bajillion dollar company securing your money without making any money on it, right? So you put the money in on the front end, they're leveraging it out on the back end. Um, so what larger banks have, is they have hundreds and thousands of people per city asking for loans. So they can cherry pick or relationship based the best of the best who are asking for loans. If I have a $500 credit or 500 credit score, you have 750. I have $10 in the bank, you have, you know, 100,000. Who are they going to loan to first? Well, obviously Dustin, right? To make money on both of, if we both made deposits, they're going to let Dustin borrow it before me because he has a better credit score, yada, yada, yada. More relationship in the bank. And when I say more relationship, it really just means you got more money there. They know you more. Now you go to a local mom and pop bank, like Fifth Third Bank, or, you know, a smaller community bank um, who still has deposits, right? There's hundreds of little old ladies who are depositing money in there. Their, Their retirement stuff is there but those banks typically don't have people walking in there asking for loans. So what you do is you go to these local banks, you bring them some of your business. Let's say you open up a checking in a savings account or, or a business account through your LLC from the rental income, and they start seeing deposits. You ask them for a line of credit. And for them, it's an opportunity to make money on your debt or your equity or whatever the case may be. So I stay away from big banks. I go to smaller local banks. I drop a quick 25,000 in their bank and they're like, mind blown. And then you just ask for a line of credit on one of the rental properties. Since they see action in the account, they know you're going to pay your bills.
1: So it, let's say we're investing out of state. How do we do that? Like, does it have to be in your same local state? Like, cause I'm living in Arizona. I have properties in Ohio and Texas as well. And so I'm looking at, well, if I'm going to do a line of credit on any one of those properties, do they have to be local?
0: Great question. So I usually charge $199 for this, Dustin, so you can sign up for (laughs) my (laughs) webinar. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send a check. No. um, Typically what I like to do is I like to, uh, I I literally, I'm I'm super old school. You just get a map on Google Maps, find your property that you want to leverage for a line of credit, go five mile radius and call all the local banks in that five mile radius. Um, So if you're out of state, you can just call that bank over there and say, Hey, I have a rental property in your backyard. Um, you know, I, I bank here in my city, but I'd love to open an account there. And just so future reference in the next six months, I'd also like to apply for a line of credit. So can I bring my business to your bank? Um, if they're like, yes, we do lines of credits, bring your business over. You start building that relationship. They know that in six months, you're going to be asking for a line and you just kind of go from there.
1: That's brilliant. Love that. Okay. So from that, well, let's say we access that capital. We have it locked in the homemaker line of credit or regular line of credit for our businesses for our properties. From there, we definitely know that we can take that cash out, buy a property, do hopefully get cash flow, refinance, and pull that put money, put that money back in. Now I love the idea that you said that without utilizing that money to buy a property, you could still make money on it. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a couple of ways that you can do this. I uh, prefer to lend money to experienced investors. I rarely work with new investors. But that doesn't mean I won't. But what I'll do is like, if someone's like, Hey, Felipe, I have a deal, but I don't have the capital to take it down. I'm like, okay, I will lend you 60% of that deal. Right? So if the total cost of that deal is going to be a hundred thousand, I will lend them 60,000. They need to bring 40,000 of their own money. And I want first lien on the property. I give them sixty or seventy thousand, whatever the case may be. My interest rate is five or six percent. I charge them a twelve to thirteen percent interest on that money, so that ghost income that that interest between <clears throat> six and thirteen or six and twelve, whatever. However, the relationship is with me and the investor, and depending how much experience they have and how long my money is going to be out there, I get a six percent return monthly. Well, divided by twelve months, um, back to me. On top of what i so i'm paying the bank so i'm keeping the relationship with the bank which is just as important as money to me right because they don't want to see the line of credit sitting for a year because they're not making any money on that so if i lend it out i then make money on that then boom i'm making what i call ghost income from that line of credit
1: that's brilliant that's one way and you're hundred percent right that the bank is happy. If you have a line of credit that's just sitting there, eventually it might just close it and say, oh, it's just not being used. You're act, you're tying up our capital that we would eventually get to somebody else. And so right. they could eventually close it down. So if you have it active, they can't really close it down essentially. Like whatever's active inside there, they can't just call it in right Do. But anyways, what's another route that we can make money on it?
0: Yep, so another route that I uh, I, I use it for the line of credit is investing in other people's deals. So Brandon Turner talks about open door capital, or you know, some of these guys are, are like, Hey, I'm looking for LP, right? A limited partner or in a deal, right? So I can allocate fifty thousand dollars to that and it pays me back in a couple different ways. Uh, I get distribution from the bit from the from the investment. I get uh, tax savings from the investment. I catch the appreciation. And then what I do is I let my other businesses pay off that line. So that becomes a 100% ROI when my other businesses pay this off. So I can invest in other people's deals long-term without using my own capital. Now I use my capital to sustain the debt of the line of credit, but I let the line of credit start making me money on the back end. And it's as simple as like, what is the expected return on that deal versus what's my interest on that deal? And that's it. Simple math.
1: I love it. Are there, so there, there's probably so many other ways, but are there any other ways that you want to jump into?
0: Uh, well I could probably go on for days, okay. right? Like, uh, no, I've I've used it as 10% down on, on, uh, <laughs> cabins in the smoky mountains where Airbnb pays it back. Like there's a multiple yes. of ways that you We're can leverage
1: utilizing that capital for and being creative in how we utilize it to build other businesses, to yep. put in other investments, man. It's terrific. Now, if everybody, you need to come to RubeCon because you're going to be hanging out with Felipe. I know I absolutely have more questions. Like, well, how do you do this? Like, how do we make sure we get first lien? Like, what kind of contracts do we use? All that sort of stuff. There's so much you're going to know you're going to want to ask him. So definitely come to RubeCon. If you use um, the promo code podcast, you'll get the discount on the the, uh, the ticket. But hey, you'll also have Felipe. But also, Felipe, you're awesome on Instagram and social media, but you also help people with this stuff. How can people find you and reach out to you and see if they can work with you?
0: Yeah, at any time, bro, social media, Felipe Mejia REI is my Instagram. Just slide in the DMs. I'm typically 24 hour turnaround on any DM that I get. Uh, but but the best way to do it is just come to Rubcon because we'll be able to connect there in person. And I want people to be able to come up to me and talk to me during, um, you, you know, while I'm there. Right. My presentation is going to be great and it's going to be sexy. But the best time is going to be in the lobby. I like to call it lobby con. Meet me in the lobby, shake my hand, take a picture, and ask me your direct questions there and how I can provide value to you.
1: Absolutely. This is awesome. Man, Felipe, I'm super pumped to be able to hang out again at RubCon. It's going to be so cool. But, man, I appreciate you coming on the show and just smacking us some, with, with some awesome wisdom, man.
0: Thanks, Dustin. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: And that is it for today. Go ahead and get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. You can also join my Real Estate Wealth Builders group coaching, get all my courses. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next show. See ya.